Hi everyone, this is Adam from Team Overdrive, and welcome to episode 12 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. As is customary with our intros, I am joined by Jill, who hosted this episode. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I am doing fantastic. We wanted to just give a shout out to all of our listeners. We've been mentioning basically every single intro that you can reach us at feedback at overdrive.com. And if you wanted to email us and let us know your thoughts on the podcast, Jill and I read every single one of those. And we've been getting a lot of really great responses. It kind of makes both of our days when we get to read those. We had a few we wanted to read just because in our recent science fiction and fantasy podcast, we apparently struck a chord. We did. We had a lot of emails about good emails, positive emails. But yeah, it's such a big genre that lots of people have comments to make. Absolutely. So we have uh, just a couple. We're going to read little portions of it. I, the thing we really love about these emails is people are sending us very long lists of recommendations and sharing their thoughts. So Jill and I are each just going to read one. Um, and again, keep those emails coming at feedback at overdrive.com. We read every single one of them and we can get you on the podcast here. So Jill, I'm going to let you go ahead and start. Thanks, Adam. So this email comes from Mark from Orange, California. And he was responding again to the science fiction and fantasy episode. And he said he liked how our discussion of how science fiction and fantasy um, get forced into the genre ghetto and disrespected by the snobbish literary establishment. <laughs> so good. I know. That is something we discussed, and mm -hmm. it's it's a very real thing. So I appreciate that Mark um, appreciated that. <laughs> and he offered a whole bunch of really good suggestions um, for both science fiction and fantasy. There's the Hyperion and the Fall of Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell by Susan Clark for the fantasy readers out there. He also said that he thinks we caught Quentin a little off guard with our uh, question about books similar to The Martian because uh, he says it's not an easy question, mm -hmm. which is fair. It's yeah. not an easy question. But Mark immediately thought of Kim Stanley Robinson's Mars trilogy. There's Red Mars, Blue Mars, and Green Mars. And like The Martian... It's a hard science fiction consideration of what it would be like to live on Mars. So that sounds like an excellent recommendation for all those uh, the Martian fans out there. Absolutely. And I have one from, uh, just says Jay Stubbs. He didn't leave his full name, but it appears as if he works at a library. So he is another well-informed uh, recommender. He says, on your recent science fiction and fantasy podcast, you overlooked one of my favorite subgenres of fantasy and one rising in popularity, which is steampunk. Uh, he goes on to explain steampunk is taking Victorian era and adding a scientific progress well above and beyond what is possible for that time. The grand theme is that you'll find uh, pure steampunk is the idea of science as a positive force, one of progress and enlightenment. So again, he writes a whole bunch of recommendations, but his recommendations for people who are new to steampunk would be Jules Verne and H.G. Wells. Fantastic. Uh, for modern steampunk, you can start with The Warlord of the Air by Michael Moorcock. Uh, it's what planted the seed of the idea for steampunk by doing a playoff of Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter of Mars novels. Uh, he also has recent examples of steampunk series he would recommend being The Steampunk Chronicles by Katie Cross and The Stoker and Holmes series by Colleen Gleason. All of those sound really fantastic. Again, there's a whole bunch more in here, so apologies for our listeners that we can't uh, name them all off. I know. Um, but keep those emails coming. Again, it's feedback at overdrive.com. Like I said, Joe and I read every single one of them. Uh, you can also throw out recommendations or let us know your thoughts on 
Twitter, which is at Overdrive Libs, or on Facebook, which is Overdrive for Libraries. We've had a lot of people ask us a lot when they're listening to the podcast where they can find all the books we're talking about. So there's two places. If you go to overdrive.com, you'll find the full list of all the titles that are recommended from each of the most recent podcast episodes. Or if you search for Overdrive on Pinterest, we have a whole Pinterest board of all the titles that we've ever mentioned. So, And I throw that out on Twitter a lot for people so they can find the links there. Um, and lastly, I just wanted to point out, if you aren't subscribed to the podcast yet, you can do that in iTunes. You can also do that in Stitcher now. And if you are one of the lucky people who has an Android device and is able to access podcasts through the Google Play Store, which I know they're kind of rolling out slowly, you can also find us there. So if you want to subscribe and have these come right to your phone or device automatically, you don't have to go to our Libsyn page every single time we have a new episode. Jill, anything else you want to talk about before we get into this amazing episode? I just hope listeners have fun with this one because it was very fun to record. <laughs> so it was what uh, Jill and the ladies of the podcast today were talking about are all of the mystery titles that they're excited about. Uh, get into some amazing pun titles. Uh, you're joined by three people who I like to joke kind of have like a hive brain. Like they kind of form into one person a lot. They sit next <laughs> to each other in our office and they discuss all these books and it's just they're fantastic together so i really enjoyed this episode right and and mystery is sort of um like science fiction and fantasy in which there's a lot of subgenres to it Mm -hmm. and we touch on a few but again email us if you have your own comments or favorites and we will we'll read them and maybe share them on a future episode all right well i'm not going to keep you guys any longer we will let you dive into this fantastic uh, mystery episode of the professional book nerds podcast thank you guys for joining and enjoy this episode and welcome to the 12th episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill, and today we are talking murder, mystery, mayhem, all that fun stuff. It's going to be a good episode, I think. So I'm joined by a couple of my fellow staff librarians here. You guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Emma. My last episode was Harry Potter, so this is a little bit different. Just a little Just bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but I'm excited to be here. Mystery is one of my favorite genres to read. I am Megan. My last episode was Never. So I'm Yay. excited to uh, to have my, my first episode here and it also be a genre that I've been reading for pretty much my entire reading career. So woohoo. Uh, my name's Kristen. My last episode was I don't know, one of the first few. And we just talked about all sorts of things, which is fun. So I'm excited for a a genre-based episode. It's a very popular genre, too. It really is. (laughs) Who doesn't love mysteries? So what's everybody been reading recently or currently reading? Anything good? I have been on... Actually, right now I'm reading four things. That sounds ridiculous, but it makes sense. So I have my audio, which I'm listening to The Siren by Kira Cass. It's uh, her new young adult novel about, you guessed it, a siren. (laughs) And it's good. It's cutesy and kind of sad, but I'm into it. It makes for great uh, drive listening. And then I'm listening to Here at Work, 
Um, Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl by Carrie Brownstein. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. She is fabulous. And she that book is just so good. If you are a music lover, it's awesome. And I don't know Sleater Keeney that much. But, uh, yeah, it makes me just want to listen to everything by them. Um, I am reading The Readaholics and the Falcon Fiasco, which is a mystery, in fact. Um, and that one's really fun. And then Housekeeping by Marilyn Robinson. Um, she won the Pulitzer Prize for that book back in the 80s. So okay. right. I'm a little bit all over the place. You're a little bit that's okay. Yeah. Wide yeah. range. Yeah. Wide range is good. That's right. It's very... I don't know, whatever. All encompassing. All encompassing. <laughs> I'm like, what's the term I'm thinking of when I can't remember? It's nice to mix it up. It is yeah. good. I never mix it up. <laughs> what so, you reading, okay. Emma? Um, I the most recent book that I read is not a super new release. It was Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter. It's nice. I'm just gonna mention it. It's great. It's suspenseful. It's thrilling. It's disturbing. Yes, so not for the faint Not for a. Maybe your typical cozy mystery type reader. It is not cozy. Uh, it's pretty awful, but it, it did keep me awake until two in the morning, just oh, wow. uh, riveted reading uh, to see what would happen. I am also reading uh, an advanced reader copy of the new book by Megan Abbott called You Will Know Me uh, that comes so out in July. I am not far enough into it to make any comments, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Fair. All right. Yeah. That sounds good. Megan? Uh, I, like Kristen, am reading about 4,000 things right now. If you look at my Goodreads, it says that I'm currently reading seven things. (laughs) And part of that is because I ran out of time with the books, and I'm waiting to have them come back. I'm listening to The Queen of the Night right now, and that's my one that is uh, is currently uh, currently in suspension because I'm listening to it. It's about 24 hours long. It's eight. Oh, wow. And I just, I just ran out of time. Um, but it's by Alexander Chi. It is amazing. Uh, if you like a good character-driven novel, if you like music, if you like Paris, uh, opera, opera, yeah, yeah it's, it's just great. I'm just, I'm, so I've been waiting for it to come back to me for about a week and a half now. Okay. And uh, as I wait for that to return, I'm listening to Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Because oh, we yeah. saw her last we week did. in Cleveland last week. Oh my gosh, Rainbow Rowell's amazing. Wonderful. She is amazing. <laughs> She's so like, oh, just personable. So, and and she, she raved about her audiobook narrator. So I'm she like, did. I got to return to this and listen. In, and I'm, she's great. Mm-hmm. Whoever the... And I should know the name of the I know, and she too. talked about it. Yeah, I know. I started listening to the audio of Elmore and Park so good. for that same reason, yeah. because she raved about it so much. She like, is well. She is great. Um, and I am currently reading uh, Doubter's Almanac by Ethan Kanan. Um, and it's another big, beefy book, so it's going to take me a little while to get through. But uh, it takes place in the kind of 50s, 60s, 70s. It goes over time of one man's life. Uh, who is just a mathematical genius and kind of uh, his rise to fame and uh, really among academia and just dealing with life. And uh, it's really, it's a really interesting, good page turn. I was reading it on the beach a couple days ago. Oh, so uh, everyone be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> There's snow on the ground right now. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I was at I was at the Florida Library Association conference, so I spent most of it inside. 
but you I, were still in Florida. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. And it's uh, definitely, it's not your a traditional beach book, but uh, I remember the last book that I, I, I read a book about Charles Manson while in a boat. So I'm really, I don't tend to ascribe <laughs> to beach reads. All right. So, yeah. Highly read right. Yeah. What you want, where you want. Yeah. No rules. No rules. <laughs> Pretty much. So that's what, oh, and I am also listening to uh, What Remains of Me. Uh, it's by Anne-Marie Lee. It just came out. This is a mystery. Um, and, oh. yes. So a woman in the, I think it's the 1980s, is accused uh, and convicted of murder of this famous Hollywood director. And she was kind of a rising star, just a teenager. And she, it's nowadays, and she's out, and her father-in-law has been found murdered. And mm-hmm. it kind of, it's a, these stories are kind of told, told, told concurrently. So we've got the the mystery, 80s murder mystery going on with the one now, and of oh, course she's being okay. she's been accused of this, and it's just a did she actually do the original one? Did she do this one? It's a, all sorts of intriguing. So one who likes a time hoppy novel along with a good mystery, this is a good good one. Nice. How about I, you, Joe? Well, you know it's funny because uh, the one I recently read, Black Rabbit Hall, is a time hoppy. With a little mystery involved as well. Uh, you said it's hoppy, <laughs> and it's called Black, Black Rabbit, Rabbit Hall. Hall. Yeah. Get. <laughs> Not planned. Uh, but no, it does the same thing where there's two stories kind of going on at once, and you're trying to figure out how the characters are connected. And um, there's a it takes place at a at a big mansion um, in in England, like the English countryside, and so there's a family who used to live there, and then it's now sort of empty a little bit and um character shows up with some connection she thinks but she's not sure how she's connected to it so it's good it was a very good read also won an audio award so the audiobook is a good good one to go for if you're looking for the audiobook version um and then i recently finished the Ghost in the Big Brass Bed by Bruce Covell (laughs) take it back which is clearly not quite my age. Like, my copy is got like yellow pages. Aww. You gotta love that though. How big is the font? It's pretty big. <laughs> it's pretty big. It took me maybe like an hour total between like half an hour over two different mornings to read the book. But he's coming, he's coming to Cleveland for an author visit and I was just like, oh, I think I still have my copy somewhere. <laughs> And I totally up. do. And it, like, I haven't read it in probably 20 years, mm-hmm. yeah. roughly. Um, but it's part of a trilogy that he did with this character who can see ghosts and trying to solve the mysteries of how these people died. And... So you're going to get the next two now? Or you well, I've already, well, this is the third one, actually. Oh. Like, I'm weird when it comes to uh, series. I usually have a favorite that's not the first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes, you know? I think that's pretty common. Because the first one's usually a lot of exposition. Agreed. Yeah. And introducing, so they get a little bulky, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but so, you've read the other two. I, I right? have. Okay. But, but again, like 25 years <laughs> yeah, ago. Right. So it's not enough to reread them. Probably not. No, probably not enough to reread them, but at least I have this one. So those are my uh, my two recent reads. Both are mysteries. So that nice. works well. You know, and like mystery is one of those genres where there's a lot of subgenres yep. included so in uh, mystery. Yeah, let's dive on in. Let's Does anyone have like a favorite subgenre? Um, I think in this room, again, I actually, I'm not the biggest mystery person, so I think... 
And I was like, well, Emma's going to be doing the main share of this podcast because I don't like mysteries. And then I was like, wait, yes, I do. I love cozies. <laughs> I think that's the thing. If you have like an idea of what a mystery is, you might mm-hmm. not think you read mystery until yeah. you kind of break it down. And cozies are just such a fun genre with it or a subgenre thereof. Um, where basically anytime I get asked what a cozy is, I'm like, have you ever seen Murder, She Wrote? And people are like, yeah, but I mean, and I'm like, it's kind of, it's Murder, She Wrote, basically. It it's some, usually it's a small town. Um, most of the ones I come across are some like either Pacific or Atlantic coast. And it's typically a female protagonist and they have some sort of a hobby or a job that is, like, the center of the series. So a lot of them are, like, sewing or gourmet or something like that, which makes it perfect for readers to kind of find new series therein. Because it's, like, me, I really like event coordinators. Um, (laughs) I know! Whatever! (laughs) It's my life, guys! Let me read about event coordinators who solve murders. (laughs) I just... Okay, so here's one of my biggest problems with this genre. Why do people keep hiring these event coordinators? Or, like, you look at, you know, again, Murder, She Wrote with Angela Lansbury... You would think her friends would stop inviting her to stuff. <laughs> I mean, everyone's getting oh. murdered. And it's great that she's a amateur sleuth there to solve it, but no, I don't want Aunt Betty to get murdered. Well, to be fair, if you're later on in the series, you've never heard of Aunt Betty before the book she appears in and dies immediately. That's true. That's so you don't true. Have that, you don't have, at least yeah. you're not attached. They're very formulaic. Um, they're, again, it's one of those where it's like murder, but like <laughs> with a cute bow on it. Um, so, and one of my and favorite recipes. things. And, and recipes. recipes. Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite things about cozies is that they have very punny titles, and I love puns. Um, so I went onto the web, and I think you guys have too, and found some of our favorite titles and series. Uh, so some of the ones that I found are Pearl Up and Die, <laughs> Silence of the Lamp, oh, yes. um, Caught Bread Handed, <laughs> and then of course this one was just really awesome, and, and I couldn't believe it when I found it. It is the Gord Craft Mysteries, like Gord's. Uh, and it's and called then, yeah. pumpkins. Pumpkin yeah. yeah, yeah. It's called Gourd Fellas. Oh. oh, you can't make this up. <laughs> well, no, I think they actually do. <laughs> I wish I could come up with punny titles. I think on a near daily basis, as we're browsing through overdrive.com or marketplace we come across cozy mystery titles and i stop and have to immediately tell everyone the latest discovery (laughs) and one of my favorites i believe is the ellie meat mystery series (laughs) yes i do not know who the author is but we will include that somewhere um they have amazing titles just like oh and i'm blanking of course on all of them at this moment uh, but I know that they have warranted many a chuckle from the coworkers the alike. Deadly Deli Mystery by yes. Celia Rosen. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. A Killer in the Rye. Yes. Oh, that's so oh. good. 
Fry me a liver. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. A nice play on Justin Timberlake's song lyrics. Mm-hmm. From Herring mm-hmm. to Eternity. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, those I'm, are good. I'm a big fan of the Cheese Shop Mysteries yes, by Avery Ames. Yeah, I love cheese. Yeah. As Buddha as dead. Nice. Yeah. For cheddar or worse. Oh. Um... To bro- oh, the so bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, clobbered by camembert. Now, do you think that someone, it's someone's job to, like, already have all of these names written out somewhere? They're like, oh, man, like, now we just need someone to write the cheese shop <laughs> mystery. The long quiche goodbye, guys. Ooh. That's a little bit uh, on the edge there. I yeah, know. I agree. Quiche I agree. It's not, it's not quite no. Not cheese. No. no, but it so like the bread mystery would go really well. Oh, no, like, with the cheese mystery, yeah. and maybe you could get like a beer or wine mystery in there. Could do a crossover. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's several coffee shops. There are lots yeah. of coffee mysteries. shops. Cozy Mysteries. So it's just, I actually use, um, it's like CozyMysteries.com is a really fun website that I use. They actually break it down by theme. So if you do, are looking for your next beverage-related Cozy Mystery, they have a list of it. You have um, to get it by hobby. Yeah, by hobby, um, by job, whatever. So... My actual favorite two mystery or cozy mystery series are the Domestic Diva series by Krista Davis. Uh, the first book in that is The Diva Runs Out of Time, and that's time as in the oh, herb. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yes. Right. So these take place in um, a little town right outside of D.C., and the main character is an event coordinator, an interior <laughs> decorator, and she's just She's really cute. Um, She's fun to read about. Sometimes I think she's a little too understanding of people who are being super-duper mean. Yeah. But um, they're fun. Uh, And then you have all these different characters. You always have, like, side characters who are just, like, kind of quirky. So I really, really enjoy those. And then also The Orchard Mysteries by Sheila Connolly. Uh, The first one in, in that series is One Bad Apple. And that takes place in Massachusetts. This girl just inherits a farmhouse that's kind of dilapidated, and so she decides to leave her Boston job, move to Massachusetts, and rehabilitate the house to sell it, Uh, finds out that there's an orchard attached to it, and in ensuing novels that, you know, she becomes part of the house and the orchard and the town and... And all the dead bodies that show up on the doorstep. <laughs> anyway, so, yep, those are my favorites. Magical dead bodies just stacking up. It's so terrible. Like, that's the thing where you're like, oh, yeah, that's so nice. But it's also like these small towns where I heard. I don't understand about that. Like, who's living there? Like, go leave. Like, <laughs> Please. Yeah. Why are you still living there? People just keep being murdered. That always cracks me up. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's definitely a big genre or subgenre of genre, but um, I know you guys are more into your thriller, suspense, psychological thriller. Agreed. Well, I guess my my personal kind of offset of cozies. Oh. I'm a cat mystery person. That's right. Yeah. You wouldn't be a true librarian if you weren't into it. No, no. And I'm going to blame my mother. Uh, she got me started on cat mysteries at a very tender young age. Um, but ever since I originally read the, the cat who books, 
by Lillian Jackson Braun, mm-hmm. which uh, when I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast, I realized came out a lot earlier than I thought they did. Yes. Um, it was like, I'm like, oh, these were originally published in the 60s. And then there, she took a, a brief hiatus. So when I was reading them in the mid-90s, she was still actually writing them. So at least some of them were current. Um, but that is unusual because they do have a male protagonist. So it's not quite cozy, but it's definitely catty. Uh, so yeah, it's James Quillerin is our protagonist, and he has his two cats, Coco and Yum Yum, that help him solve murders. Uh, and the original one is the the cat who could read backwards. Oh, so and wow. there's probably about there's at least twenty. There's a lot of them out there. So if you fall in love with Quill as he is known, and uh, and Coco and Yum Yum, and you want to follow their adventures, oh, it's wow. always always a good time. And then also uh, my personal favorites of my cats are uh, the Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown, yeah. her tabby cat that she writes with. And I don't know how she writes with the cat because every time I have my cat near a laptop, she wants to sit on it. Um, <laughs> and she is yeah. completely not helpful. So if anything, I would put her in the acknowledgments for like staying away from me for five minutes so I could write if I ever was to write something. But um, the Mrs. Murphy books... Uh, take place in Crozet, Virginia. So again, small town, and um, the heroine of that is is uh, Harry Harristine, uh, who oh, those sound- yeah, that and familiar. she is the postmistress of the oh. small town of Crozet, and she has her cat Mrs. Murphy, and she also has a corgi named T Tucker for the dog people out there. And ultimately, she does acquire more animals as as the books go on. Sure. But it's a good small town. Uh, lots of lots of. Uh, her ex husband is a veterinarian, so you get lot. And it's a horse town, so tons of tons of animal stuff. And of course, you know, murder and mayhem and small town else's business. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. those are that's my little subgenre. But yes, the rest of it I do read is the uh, the suspense thriller, suspense thriller, murder, mayhem darkness everywhere i like pretty much the opposite of a cozy yeah <laughs> uh the more twisted and suspenseful and gripping the novel the better in my opinion um which is why i enjoyed pretty girl so much so again if you like the complete and total opposite of a cozy yes. uh check out that author at the very least um as well, I cannot talk about mysteries without talking about Tana French. Yes, I know quite a her. few of us have read yes. some of her books. She's amazing. Her Dublin Murder Squad uh-huh. series is, I think, some of my all-time favorite books ever. Uh, particularly the second one, The Likeness. It's on my top ten desert island picks. <laughs> I can't go without mentioning that at all. Um, What's that about? It is about a female detective who is called to a crime scene and the victim who was murdered bears an uncanny resemblance to the detective and she actually is in possession of an old ID that the detective had previously used in an undercover job. So what they decide to do because of the weird and unusual circumstances is they decide to pretend that this woman who was murdered is actually alive, that she survived the attack and they put the detective undercover as this woman. It's and so, so good. it's insane. Uh, she uh, has to study everything she can about this woman and try and uh, fool her housemates into thinking that it's the same person, which, as you can imagine, it's 
near impossible to know everything about someone, particularly someone you've never met. Um, and so it's just really gripping to see them insert her into this undercover role and see, will they figure out that it's not their housemate? Um, and see if they can sort of pin uh, who was involved in the murder, um, if it was somebody in the house, if it was somebody outside of the house. Um, and it's pretty gripping until the end as well. I think it's really beautifully written. And I know, Jill, you really like that book as well. I love that one. I love the whole series. The first two in particular. They're all good, but mm-hmm. um, the first two in particular. But the likeness is just so good. I'm amazed that's so not a movie good. already. Now, could you read that outside of Absolutely. her other? Okay. Yes. Are so, they standalone? Uh, they're, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, so it's the Dublin Murder Squad. And how it works is it start like, each book has a, has a different protagonist who has usually appeared in a previous book as like a minor character oh that's cool so it's all kind of connected it's all the same world Mm -hmm. but yeah i would say they're standalones i feel like there's a lot of mystery series that are that way yeah you can you don't necessarily have to they're not building upon each other in such a dramatic fashion right like i don't know what's going on yeah i don't like none of them the yeah. murders are really connected in it. Yeah. Right, right. So, and there's not so much like it going into the protagonist's uh, personal life that goes right. from book to book that not you really. couldn't catch and up. She does on. it, but she does it. And even if they make references, she does a good job of, of describing, describing it okay. and doing that exposition without it being like overly heavy-handed for those who've read the other books. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. The main character in the likeness, her name is Cassie. She was actually the uh, detective's partner in the first book. So the main protagonist in the first book, she worked alongside right. him as a more minor character. Yeah. And that was in the woods? In the woods. In the woods. And so Never then she's one. the main one in the next one and it, it kind it just of goes kind of keeps along going, like that. Yeah, they just sort of play yeah. off like that, which is kind of fun. Right. And their characters you're sort of familiar with but get to know better in their books where they're the least. I'm so. an- anxiously Good. awaiting her next one. If it, there is a next. She just released one last year. Um, I think so. I think yeah. the most recent one was the a, Secret Place. So I've been waiting to see. That was good. I actually really liked one. that one. I liked the Secret Place. All of her books are good. They are. Read all of them. No. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I just. Oh, I love her so much. I could go on and on. We could have just a ton of we French podcast. There we are. I'll stop. I'll stop talking about there that. There we are. Awesome. We're just going to talk about that and nothing else. That's kind of how I feel about my my Scandinavian. Yes. Crime novels, mysteries, noirish. Yes, that I love. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Um, Kali G. Willikers. That is. <laughs> I read a lot of one-offs, but I'm gonna right now. I'm really feeling uh, Hyo Nespa, and I'm also feeling like if I pronounced his name wrong, I'm really sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, because he just uh, released last year um, the book Blood on the Snow, where he had a character named Olaf, who is a he is you know he's a murder for hire guy. He's a bad guy, um, and it's it's really it's an interesting series. The Midnight Sun, the sequel, it will be available very soon, if not already. Um, I don't know exactly. I think it came out it, yeah. last just month or just yeah. came out. So, yeah. uh, but it's it's interesting to have such a, a dark genre to our, to have an antihero. He is very much an antihero. Yeah, but yeah. You, but in that, but in like the the type of antihero, like you find yourself kind of rooting yeah. for him. And as you're like, I hope that his awful boss also doesn't murder him. Right. 
And you're just like, well, and I know you're in love with his wife, but and that's a bad thing, but I'm kind of also rooting for you, crazy kids. Yeah. It's really, it, it's a real, it plays with your mind. It does. In that way that, that Scandinavian dark crime literature can, and and I can, and, and as uh, stereotypical as this is, it really was the Stieg Larsson books that really got the Millennium trilogy that got mm-hmm. me got me going on all of those. And then I tend to read like little one offs just here and there. Uh, and if we ever want to do a Scandinavian literature podcast, sign me up. Yeah, keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, and, and I will promise to do some research on how to pronounce the names beforehand. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that would be the thing. That's a, a little cheat sheet. Yeah, a little cheat sheet. Um, it's all the umlauts and all that. Uh, but and also for the the Jonas Ba, the the Harry Hula books, uh, those are his classic detective novels. He's got probably about ten of them, mm-hmm. and it was the series he wrote right before Blood on the Snow. Uh, so read those, read those. Okay, so um, I'm sort of with antiheroes. I always think the mystery genre, what it has that others don't always, are the unreliable narrators. Yes, so many unreliable narrators. Which unreliable is... narrators are the best. So, <laughs> so popular in the last couple of uh, with Girl on the Train yeah. by Paula Hawkins and Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. And... You don't really find unreliable narrators in that many other It happens in I some think. literary yeah, stuff, but, but for not the to the most same degree. Part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they usually have a good explanation right. as to why they were being an unreliable narrator. Right. Whereas in the mysteries, it's like, well, I just didn't want to tell you the truth. Yeah, I'm I just think a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> some of those. I mean, I think we have to bring up Agatha Christie. That's what Obviously, I was say. she yeah, is yes. well. A talking about cozy mysteries. She's kind of the madam of cozies. Started it off. You have your Perot and. Um, all of those other ones she came out with, and then the murder of, uh, is it Dan? Rod- Roger Roger Yeah, where that is just, you know, like that, I quintessential, think... um, A, kind of twist, yes. and then also unreliable narrator. So, I mean, and you I think, start from that yeah. point. And it was sort mm-hmm. of like the first, I mean, I don't know if it's actually the first unreliable narrator, but right. it was the one that people, they weren't, like, readers weren't right. used to that. One of all. One of Christie's big things is, and there are definitely still mysteries out there like this, you could solve the mystery before um, the detective actually solved the mystery. So she put the clues on the page. I, you know, having read a bunch of her stuff, I sit there being like, I couldn't have solved no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you're full of it, Christy. But yeah. <laughs> no, that was the one where people got upset with uh, Roger Ackroyd yep. because of the twist in it and they were like you couldn't have solved that that's impossible but yeah no so I know Emma you were talking about some of your books with some very unreliable narrators what which ones were those uh and Megan can touch on this because we both read these books I think at the similar time but in a dark dark wood uh by Ruth Ware the Narrator's unreliable in that she can't remember what happened. Yes. Yeah. For various so you're not reasons. really sure. If so yeah. it, we don't know if she's keeping things out intentionally or if she genuinely doesn't remember. Um, and then Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica Knoll. She's just um, she's unreliable. She's <laughs> not a very uh, sympathetic character. No. Despite all of the tragedies that she's been through um and so that you have a hard time discerning what she's sharing 
um, that's actually factual and what she's sharing to sort of craft an image about herself. But I did enjoy that I still, a lot of unsympathetic narrators, I just, I'll kind of turn off. Like, yeah, you, know, you got all the things you need and yeah, you're like, whatever. But I, she still was written in such a fashion that I still wanted to know mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the twisty bit, you're like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, those, I mean, and I love those kinds of books because to me, I just want to keep reading till the end. And with those kinds of stories as well, you never really know how many twists there could be. Right. And I enjoy that you think, oh, I've made this big discovery. You know, this is a really big plot twist. There could be much more. There could be a completely um, separate plot twist that adds to it later. Um, I've read a couple of books where there's a big reveal on, like, the last page. So you think you've discovered everything and the story is sort of winding down, but actually... Uh, there's more, and it just sort of leaves you in a state of what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I love in, in those kinds of books. Um, particularly, I'm thinking of The Good Girl by Mary Kubica. Yes. Um, I know Megan has listened to that, I, maybe? Yeah, I listened to it, and I, I listened to the whole thing, and I don't know if it, mm-hmm. I did not, I particularly did not care for one of the narrators. I can't yes. tell you that right off. But I just, I listened to the whole thing because, like, it's going to get good. It, Emma said it's going to get good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I I can under, I think I would have enjoyed it much more if I read it. Okay. But there definitely is a big twist in that one, too. And it's pretty close to the end. Yes. Yeah. And I think, um, see, I do think it would be a different experience to listen to that book over reading it, um, which sometimes can be a good thing with mysteries and sometimes I think I don't know I think you can do them in either medium um I really enjoyed listening to the Cormoran Strike yes. Robert Galbraith series mm-hmm. but I also loved reading that um so sometimes I think and you've done both I know now, I was you? like did <laughs> you do both yeah I Emma has both. like she's a super uh, fan yes she is a super fan of the Robert Galbraith. And yeah, she got us, the rest of us into it. So they're pretty awesome. But again, I, I sometimes I think that the narration can lead to the suspense. Um, but other times I think it's, it's just so satisfactory to physically, you know, flip the page on your iPad or actually turn the page mm-hmm. and keep going. Um, I don't have a preference, but I think it can just be a totally different experience depending on what you're doing. With those books. Agreed. And you read... I'm going to bring it up again because I it's talk okay. about this in every podcast probably. <laughs> uh, actually, literally, I've, every podcast I've been on, we've mentioned J.K. Rowling or her pen name, Robert Galbraith, the yeah. adult mystery series. <laughs> so sorry if people are sick of listening to this. <laughs> um, but it's just so good. Yeah. I just recommend it to everybody. And I'm yeah. anxiously awaiting... And she said, I remember, I think we read an article about how she said the last uh, Cormoran Strike novel she wrote had the, it was the most she had ever put into one of her books. This is counting Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. everything, where she had to do so much, you know, uh, going through and figuring out plot points and how things would work to get it to the end because it was so twisty um, that she, she said that this one was just the the hardest because it just took her so much time and and it's much darker than the other two. Oh yeah, it's so dark. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was hard. I listened to that one and listening to the chapters that were narrated 
from uh, the killer's point of view was revolting to a point because he's just such a disgusting human being. But again, just one of those where I kind of wished I could read it and just flip yeah, the page and be just done read faster. Right? We can always uh, up the speed on the narration. Mm. Or just Good point. Skip, skip, the <laughs> skip the chapter. Yeah, that was Career of Evil. I mm. believe that came out last year. Yeah. 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 I think that's the thing with, like, I can't imagine writing a mystery. Like, how you would mm-hmm. figure out all those plot points and still want to put clues in there. Yeah. But without putting too many clues, you know, like, you still want to keep the suspense up. Like, that takes a lot of organization, I feel like. I agree. As a writer. Especially yeah, now when you think, like, everything's been done. How are you going to make a twist that people aren't going to guess. Right. Yeah, I think mysteries are just one of those genres where we could just keep going on and on. Yeah. About we'll, on. we'll come back for part two. <laughs> yeah, Always. we might have to do a part two. Part two. Yeah. And I definitely think we need to say that, of course, this is called the Mystery Podcast, but we did not cover all of the subgenres. Not at all. So we got into some Scandinavian noir, cozies, psychological thrillers. There's a lot more out there, though. There's so much more. And so. if you are listening and have a favorite genre of the mysteries, please feel free to, you know, you can email us and let us know. Um, Because we always like hearing what you guys are reading, too. So, everyone, what are you looking forward to reading? It's coming out soon. I'm really looking forward to reading The Outliers by Kimberly McCright. I apologize if I can't pronounce her name correctly. Um, That is actually a young adult thriller that comes out in May. Um, So I'm anxious to read that. I liked her previous novel, Where They Found Her. And uh, as I mentioned a little bit ago, I am in the middle of reading You Will Know Me, the new Megan Abbott book, but that does not come out until July. Uh, so I'm anxious to have that come out, though, so that I can discuss it <laughs> with everybody else. Right. What about you, Kristen? Um, I'm actually looking forward to reading The Girls by Emma Klein. Uh, it's a book that I just heard about, and if I would have read the back cover, I don't think I would have been that interested, but it was sold really well. It's supposed to be, everyone's praising it so far. It's probably going to get all the stars and probably going to be optioned for movies. <laughs> and uh, so it, it takes place in the 60s. I believe it's San Francisco, but I could be very wrong. I think it's Northern California. Yeah, I was going to somewhere in California. So it's that that kind of, uh, it's that era, you know, hippie-centric. And then um, the woman who was telling us about it was talking about how um, it was really interesting because this Emma Klein is around, I think, 20s or 30s. And she's writing about this girl in the 60s. And uh, the one was just like, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was living through the 60s. And this girl was inside my head. What what the protagonist was thinking and doing were things that, you know, I was at that time thinking and doing. So I think it's a little bit about me. I'm actually, I can't even talk about what right. it's about. Because I think it's kind of cultish. Like mm-hmm. she, she gets drawn into... This kind of cult in California. Um, but yeah, so I'm just really looking forward to learning more about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Megan? I'm excited to read The Crow Girl by Eric Axelsund. And uh, it's, of course, it's another Scandinavian. Um, it appears to be very, very, very disturbing, dark 
twisty um, with a, about a you know a honest cop and he hooks, hooks up with a therapist to try to find a serial killer who's attacking mostly young children in Stockholm. So it's hmm. going to probably give me all the nightmares and I can't wait. <laughs> So ringing endorsement right there. And it comes out it comes out this June. Uh it's already been published. It's an international bestseller. Um so it's finally been translated into English and we will have it here soon. I actually have an arc on my nightstand, but I'm afraid to pick it up right now. So, so I've got to finish my fluffy books first and yeah. then I'll just dive right in now that we're getting more daylight here. Yeah. yeah. I isn't it gonna be a series already? Uh, maybe. Sure. I think so. Yeah. Don't quote me. Um, I think it's going to be a series. I, I've not heard of this until right now, but yeah, totes. Series. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Or if not, this is a <laughs> call right. out, call out to make it a series. Yes, make it a series. We need more Scandinavian crimes. Yeah, crimes. definitely crimes. not enough of that dark <laughs> Scandinavian no. stuff out there. Uh, Anywho, Jill, what do you <laughs> I am looking forward to um, End of Watch, which is by Stephen King. It yes. It's the third in the I'm Mr. So Mercedes trilogy. I'm going to talk messed up stuff. I know, but they are mysteries. Yeah. He, he sort of deviated from his usual horror. There are some elements, but not nearly as graphic as his other horror books. Um, but it's about a, a serial killer. And this is the third one. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he wraps it up. So yeah. that comes out in June. To we're, we're Stephen King girls. You know we are that. Stephen King girls. Mm-hmm. We are indeed. What are what are his fans called? Do they have? I don't know if they have a name. Uh, we'll make one up. Kingers. Kingers. I like it. Oh. Yeah. No. I don't know. Uh, and anyway, work, work on that. Jill and Megan. Call Jill and Megan. And. Millions of other people. Yeah. Yes. We'll work on it. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for talking mysteries today. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Always. And get, I'll bring you back a part two. I know. We might have to have a part two of, <laughs> of mysteries. Three and four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. And yeah, again, you can email us at feedback at overdrive.com if you want to comment or share what you've been reading recently, which are all mystery related. And thanks for listening. Happy reading. Bye. 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 Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.